So this week, uh, we are hanging out with Jesus at the wedding at Cana. And at this wedding, uh, we find that Jesus performs his first miracle. And this first miracle is that he has turned the water into wine. And we look at this and we say, wow, this is an awesome miracle that Jesus has performed. And he's at a party and the good stuff at the party runs out. And so he's like, we got to keep the party going. That's typically the way the story has been told. But when we really look at this story, I don't want us to focus on the wine or just Jesus. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And so they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some from them and take it to the head waiter. Jesus never touched the water and turned it to wine. What happened was Jesus asked other people to participate in creating the miracle. Given that this is Jesus' first miracle, we might want to ask ourselves, is this really the model of how miracles are supposed to work? We sit around and wait for, oh Lord, give me a touch. We sit around and wait for, oh, come down here and pray for me. When really what we ought to be asking ourselves is, God, how can I participate in creating a miracle in this particular situation? This miracle did not happen without the people doing their part. They had to participate in filling up the water and taking it to the head of the waiter, and then the miracle was complete. Now, in this sermon series of the five basic principles, we've been looking at basic, practical principles that we can implement in our life that are useful. The first one is that we said, God is all and everywhere. The next one leads us to if God is all and everywhere, then God is also in us. That we also too possess a divine spark as being part of God. If that is the case, that we possess a divine spark, then we should also understand that how can we be anything other than creative? If God creates, then we too also create. Moving that water to go to dry out and taking it to the head, where is participating in creating the miracle that Jesus created. We think that creativity only belongs to those who are of the artist's ilk, or the actors, or the, the folks on Broadway, or the people who are innovative, that create you know, new and interesting ideas. We, we label them as creators. In Corinthians, verse 4, it said, there are different spiritual gifts, 
but the same Spirit. And there are different ministries and the same Lord, same God. And there are different activities, but the same God who produces all of them in everyone. Now we know that there are certain things, if we go back to the first sermon, that each of us are gifted in doing. That we have our own individual strengths. That based on the scripture, we have our own individual gifts. Different things that we are gifted at doing. Everybody can't preach. Everybody can't sing. I can match pitch, but I can't sing. <laughs> Everybody can't do hair. Yanni can. Everybody can't whip up and create this merger and, and get it done and, and execute it well, but Cindy can. Everybody can't get out there and talk to people and try to counsel them and help them to lead a better life, but Cleve can. Everybody can't get in the kitchen and move the food around and set stuff up and make things are done and also worry about how the facility is being operated, but Rick can. Everybody can't fix your feet, but Shane can. <laughs> Everybody can't read that scripture the way it was read, but Tim could. Everybody can't protect you and make sure you're safe in the sanctuary, but Gina and Charlie can. My point is, we have all of these gifts these ways of being together that help create this community and make it what it is. Those are gifts. But the God is all and us being good and created in the image and likeness of God, that is a consistent way of being and gift that is in each one of us. The gift of creating something is in all of us. Each of us creates something moment to moment, minute to minute. That gift is not different in any way. Wherever you are in your life right now, I would venture to bet 90% of it is what you have created. Mad at a relative, because they just won't act right. They won't do what you want them to do. They're off having a good time. They're at the wedding at Cana, drinking on Jesus' wine. You sit here worried about them and mad about them. You are creating that. Amen. That worry and that condition, that anger, that resentment, all of the hate that is there, that's what you are creating. That is the condition you are creating for yourself. Every day we get an opportunity to create something. I tell you, email used to be one of my work. This is why I don't do well with Facebook either. Email used to be one of my, when I worked at the Houston Food Bank, I was the manager of 
organizational culture for them. And so I'm respond I was responsible for, um, pretty much I was the pastor of the organization. So I was responsible for making sure everybody, you know, got along, the culture was great. I was responsible, you know, for doing trainings like don't, don't assume ill intent, but assume that people have the best intentions. But there was nothing like email that could just really get my, me all wound up and my wig just twisted in knots. I don't know if you have that situation. And you know, you get that email and you read it and you're like, I know she did. <laughs> and so I used to just fire something back. And of course, you know you can't just fire back. Based on what you assume, you gotta fire back and you gotta, you know, you gotta send something heavy back. You want them to know, I got your message, but I wanna make sure my message is loud and clear. <laughs> you came for me, I'm about to come for you. You wrote a sentence, I got a whole paragraph. I'ma spend an hour on this. I'ma have a dinner, I'ma go to lunch, I'ma think about it some more, and I'ma come back and write another paragraph. I got something for you. Now, if you're like me, you probably don't really talk to anybody about it. You take four hours out of your day to stew on that email and write your response and go to lunch and eat up all that anger and put it in your body and come back and, ooh, I'm going to rephrase that part. What are you creating? <laughs> then I learned a little trick. When I get the email, I would say, okay, what am I going to create here? What is this about? So they started say, calling me the drive-by king. <laughs> you send me an email I think is crazy, I get up and I come to your desk and see you face to face. Because I want you to explain, I, and I just say, hey, I got your email, and I'm just, I'm interested in, can you explain a little bit, tell me a little bit more about what you were saying. Because what I found out is nobody got up that day to ruffle my feathers. Nobody came in to irritate me and to make me mad. But I decided all those times to create four hours of total chaos in my life. Because I want to make sure I get my way in what I ask. Four hours of total chaos. So then I started saying, I'm just going to go and ask. I want to create a different situation than what I have been creating. And you know how it is. People, they talk mad cash money on Facebook and through email. And I'm not talking about David. Every day said, every time you talk about Facebook, everybody looks at me. I'm not talking about David. <laughs> I've seen some of y'all's posts as well, too. So I'm not just talking about that. But people say things through these electronic means, but when you get them face to face, they have, they have to, they, they see another song. They got another way they want to go about approaching it. And so the technology that has meant to create more closeness has in fact created more chaos. Because you can't read empathy through an email. You just can't. You can't read that through a Facebook post. And so I decided I want to create something different for myself. Talk to people. Go and see what they're saying. Go and see what they mean by what they have posted or what they've said or what they have emailed. Ellen Devonport says, we choose with our focus. We choose with our focus. If God 
the creator as we have referred to her so many times. Of God the creator is also part of us. That God is continuing to create through us. Here's the thing. Remember I said that God is all and God just is and God just exists? That means you have an opportunity to use the good that you are to also to create some crazy. And God doesn't say, let me take this creative, creative power back because they're about to do something bad. No. The power is there for you to create moment to moment and minute to minute. We go through life creating things unaware of what we are creating. Creating situations unaware of what repercussion that situation is going to have. It's a hard lesson to learn, and it sounds very easy. But if you don't like your life, the condition, or the situation that you are in, then change it. Amen. And it all starts with thinking about how you want it to be different. None of us can control anybody else. We can control what is happening in the media. We can control what happens with other relatives. We can control how our family treats. We can't control any of those things. But what we can control is our response and our reaction to those things. That is where the creativity takes place. We can sit around and be in fear about not yet having a job. We can sit around and be in fear about our health condition. We can sit around and be in fear about our financial condition. We can sit around and be in fear and anguish about a lot of things. But in all of that sitting around and worry and anguish and discontent and chaos, we are just creating a hell for ourselves. If we were to say, God, you are all and I am good. God, you are all and I am sufficient. What is it that I want to create in this situation? What is it that you want me to create in this situation? I don't like being broke. I don't like being hungry. I don't like being without a job. I don't like that my health is deteriorating. But God is good. And I can create something right now, right here. The conditions may not change, but you can change. You can be creative and change how you feel about the condition, how you work with the condition, how you work through the situation. My heart has been so um, hopeful. You look and you see people at the food bank feeding people who are impacted by this government shutdown. They're moving their forklifts, they're doing all this help, they're doing all this stuff to help their communities. I'll let you in on a little secret. These food banks, some of them are not quite paying a living wage yet. But here these people are, creating community and doing something to make the world 
a better place. Proverbs 23.7 says, and I'm going with the King James Version, modified to the pronouns, but I like the King James Version. All other versions, I didn't like what they said. It said something, something I didn't want to say, so I'm going with King James on this one. For as one thinketh in their heart, so they are. What do we think about ourselves? What do we think about our conditions? What do we think about what we are going through? You may experience grief. That is a condition. But that's not who you are. You may experience poverty. That is a condition, but that's not who you are. We already said God is all. We already said we are good. Conditions are not who we are. What will we think about ourselves and our conditions in order to create something different? I don't want to hurt any feelings, and I'm not saying that your suffering is because of your thinking. What I am saying is, have you ever thought about thinking your way out of your situation? Have you ever thought about that just maybe the situation you're in, you probably thought your way into? I look back on several situations where I can recall, oh, I was fearful about X, and guess what happened? X happened. There's a lot of situations I can think back on like that. The first six months that I was the pastor of this church, I said to myself, Lord, am I just ever going to get my preaching voice right? I just, it's just never going to happen. It's not going to work. I don't know. I'm looking at them and they're not looking at me and they're not saying nothing. You know, and I would just get myself worked up in a tizzy. And one day, I walked up here with a manuscript and I said, you know what? This is what I have to say. Thus saith the Lord. And I let it go. I let it go. And it had an effect. Some people left as I feared. But more people can. Yeah. And so, for all of those, and see, as a pastor, you get to kind of see how it all works out. Right? I shared with someone at Michael's birthday party yesterday. I said, I spent so many months worried about this one and worried about that one and worried about this issue and worried about that issue. And as soon as I thought my way out of it, we began creating something different, and many of you who are here today came not even a week after we made the, I made that decision. So what conditions exist right now that you can be thinking your way out of? Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. It is not just what we say. It is the thing that we are talking to ourselves about and saying to 
ourselves every day of every moment. Whatever that narrative is, whatever that tape is that is playing in our minds, it is creating something out there. You have heard people say, you know, law of attraction, law of the universe. You've probably also seen The Secret out there as well, too. And you've probably seen, you know what, this is a bunch of, you know, baloney, and you really can't think your way to maybe you can't do. If you listen to anything I've said today, you may not have a lot of trust in all of it, and all of that kind of thinking may not be 100% true. But what we do know is that we create our life. And if you are not an active participant in creating your life, this is an invitation to do so. This is an invitation to say, I want to create a life that is meaningful and full and happy and good because that is who I am. I'm not going to sit around and focus on all these negative conditions that I can do nothing about. I'm going to focus on creating the good life that I want. Tony, when I think about good life, I, I think of all the pictures you've been sharing from, from the boat and all that fun you've been having up in, in Washington. We've been looking on with, uh, with, with envy. What a good life. What a good life. What kind of life do we want to create for ourselves and for our children? Many of us, this lesson today is going to take a long time to sink in. I don't even have it down 100% myself yet. But the kids can get it. Because their brain is pliable, ready to learn it. What can we say to them now? What, how can we teach them now to say, you get to create your life. How do you want to create it? What do you want to dream of? What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Don't come home mad because of the bullies. Create something different around them. Ryan Holiday says, the obstacle is the way. A lot of us spend a lot of time focusing on the obstacle, staring at it, looking at it, creating philosophies and thoughts around it, instead of using it as the way to create something better and different. I've heard him say, what is it? Now, now walk it out. I think that's a song from somewhere. Now, now walk it out. What it, how, does it, how does it go, Tim? Now walk it out. Now walk it out. Yeah, I think that was one of my first sermons. That's the sermon I said, now, you know, we got to think about how we're going to walk it out. What I, what I want to share with you today to close is to think it out. Is to start thinking it out. Whatever the condition is, think it out. Whatever the struggle is, think it out. Whatever is coming against you, think it out. Whatever it is you are seeking to create, think it out. And remind yourself, God is all. I am good. What do I want to create right here, right now? Co-create with God. Let us stop walking through life and letting it just happen to us. 
Because that's what we think is happening. It's just happening to those people. It's happening. No. Create. Co-create with God. And the people of God say, Amen. Amen.